It's your host, George Mackay, again, back in the studio with another fantastic interview. I am so excited to talk to this man. I've followed him on the indie scene for a little bit of time now. I, I just, I can't wait. I'm geeking out a little bit right now, as I kind of always do when I get to talk to wrestlers. So let me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Psycho Mike. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm okay. How are you? I'm excited, man. Anytime I get to talk to any wrestler about this business that I love so, so much, it just brings the kid out in me, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, one of the first questions I always ask everybody, it's how I start every interview. It may seem cliche, but it's one of the things I'm very fascinated with. I like uh, to call I, it... I, 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 already, I already know I already know what the question is. But what's that? Uh, what, what, what made, uh, what made me get involved in this, this crazy stuff to begin with? Absolutely. I call it the defining moment. Do you remember <laughs> your defining moment? Uh, I, the, the only reason why I don't like this question is because I never, I, like, I, I don't have a good answer ever. Um, and like, I always wish I could come up with something better. Uh, or I wish there was something more interesting, but it's always just a thing that I've watched for my entire life. Um, and I don't, I don't remember a specific, uh, like moment that made me say, I want to do that. Uh, Cause just even some of my earliest childhood memories, I, I was like body slamming my pillows on my, my mattress upstairs and, and everything like that. So I, I can't, remember a time that I like that I guess wrestling wasn't part of my life in some way shape or form alright well that's a good answer Mike that's a great answer yeah I mean, you just well, said... it's you know I, I, I always feel like I need something cool like a superhero origin story or whatever you know when you hear Mick Foley talking about how he saw Jimmy uh, Jimmy Snuka diving off the cage and all this I feel like I need a cool story like that, but I don't got one. That's okay. Your moment is absolutely perfect because it suits <laughs> it suits who you are, and that's the most important thing about the defining moment. So that now that we're past that, let's get into the rest of the stuff where I know you'll have some fantastic answers. As the first question was a perfect answer. So when did you start training, and who did you start training with? Um, there were two. I guess two two moments. Um, I, I I say I officially started doing it. Uh, it would have been in October of two thousand six uh, with Johnny Devine. But um, I had a, a a cup of coffee. I guess um, I think it was in in '04, and it was this school called uh, LLWA Living or yeah Living Living Legends Wrestling Academy run by um, a gentleman named Ernie Moore and uh, Ricky Stardust. And that the, that started because it, I was in high school and I was taking a, a course, like a communication technology course, uh, and one of my classmates for one of his projects did a website about his cousin uh, who was a pro wrestler. Uh, so once I graduated, I asked him about that, and then he put me in touch with his cousin, and his cousin was somebody training at the school. Uh, and that, that's how I guess I got my foot in the door originally. And then on my third or fourth day of, of training, I 
I, I dislocated my shoulder um, and had to get surgery. So uh, I got messed up pretty much right away and then took that, that, that time off um, to recover from the surgery and physiotherapy and everything like that. And then, then by the time I w- was healthy to go again, uh, I heard, this was on MySpace, actually, uh, that Johnny Devine was going to be opening, opening up a school in Oakville. Uh, so that's, so I just decided to do that because, um, one, he was, uh, I, I knew who he was because he was on TNA at the time. So there, there was a, a part of me that kind of, I guess, marked out a little bit that I'd, I'd be able to train with somebody that was, you know, on TV uh, that I was familiar with. But the, but the other part is, is that it was, it would have been a, I don't know if exclusive is the right word, but it was, it was a new school with, um, I guess a more curated class because he, he held these, these, these tryouts. Um, and I can touch on that in a bit, but, um, like it was, it would have been a smaller class and his, uh, style, his training style, the stuff he was teaching would have been different than, uh, the other schools in the area. So I thought that would have been a better, I would have been set up better once I was ready to do shows because I'd be, I'd have a different style or a, a different training background. And I thought that I, I'd be able to stand out, um, right out of the gate. But yeah, that's my long-winded answer for that one. No, that's a that's a great answer. So you actually did mention that you would touch on it in a bit. So what do you mean by the tryouts? Did you mean like so, you had to go in and already kind of have training in order to be accepted? No. So um, what he what he did. So it was a at a it was a uh, at a boxing gym uh, called Primetime um, off of off of Bronte and Oakville. I don't know if you're familiar with that area. Uh, at a, all a little Monty, bit yeah you know? a little bit yeah, yeah I, Lake, I, I know. yes yes okay yes um and i just remember that would have been like in october and it was myself josh alexander was there uh carter mason uh daniel riviet and um there were, there were a few others but I, I just remember this, this, we didn't even get in the ring until maybe two or three hours in. And it was like, I, I'm a, I was a, probably like 175 pounds soaking wet at this time. And it was, I remember like right, right out of the gate, it was do 250 squats. We're going to do 50 pushups. We're going to do these sit-ups and bridges, these neck bridges. Uh, and it was just a grueling workout that, that I never done before. I could, I remember the push-ups because he said the number 50 and I, I, I hadn't even done 10 in a row in my life before <laughs> up to that point. Um, so we ran through this workout and then he brought us into the ring and then kind of, you know, we, we wrestled around a little bit. Um, but then it was, it was after that, he basically, I guess, accepted you into the, 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 the program. Um, and, that, and then the, like the actual wrestling training, I think started next month, uh, like sometime in November, I think it was. And like that, that's, yeah, that's what I guess I meant by it was more curated and 
typically at a lot of schools, it's just you you can show up and you know you get your ring time and everything, and as long as you're paying your monthly membership, you can you can wrestle, you can train. Uh, but this one was, you know, during during that workout, he's he's really you know trying to see if you you had the heart to do it or if you, if you really wanted to do it. And it wasn't so much that um, you have to be able to do these 50 push-ups in a row. It's, are you going to try to do it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I, I, yeah. I totally understand that. And like I did mention at the beginning of the, of the episode when I introduced you, uh, I had been following you for a little bit of time. I'd seen a lot of your stuff online. Never had the ability to see you in person. And then something special happened uh, last weekend where I was able to see you at the Crossbody Pro Wrestling uh, three-year anniversary show. And I got to see you go against uh, one of my favorite guys in Impact, Cody Diener. And originally you were supposed to be, I believe, in the uh, Fatal 4-Way for the number one contendership. But I guess last-minute changes, you had to go against Cody Diener. And it was yeah. it was a great, great match, man. Like, you guys were, the promos you cut were hilarious. But the match itself, the story you guys told, it had its bit, its bit of funny parts. It had its, its extreme... You know, wrestling parts, it had its chain wrestling. It had just a mismatch of, of greatness all around. But the, the promos, that was hilarious. You two have some great, great chemistry. So I guess I got to ask, because I guess that's my long-winded segue to question about character evolution. I'm always intrigued when I talk to a wrestler about where their character kind of came from. And I've talked to so many, and they've all had their own different answer, because each, obviously, character is unique. But where did the evolution of Psycho Mike come from was you were you cycle mike right out the gate or did it just develop over time as you were trying to figure out who you were going to be in this business so this one i i have a i have a good answer for because there is actually a definitive moment like a an inflection point um but so i i I wasn't like this out of the gate um just a heads up i i tend to uh, not give short answers about anything. So I'm gonna. I tend to, to to ramble a lot. So if I if I if at any point it's not interesting, just just tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I never would uh, do that. It's always interesting yeah. to me, 100. percent Um. So out of the gate, uh, so I, I had a a background in in, in improv, uh, in, in drama, not nothing. Uh, professional or anything like that, um, you know, in, in the school and recreationally. Um, so I always had this, um, I don't know, comfort of, of, of behaving oddly or whatever, especially if uh, the intent was to get a laugh. But for some reason with, with wrestling, out of the gate, I was, I was stuck in my shell. Um, which is nothing. It's something I never had experienced before, and I, and I think the main difference was that um, you, you're. It, it's. I don't, and a lot of I think a lot of people starting have this have this hump to get over where you you think too much about wrestling about you know, how the, the match is supposed to work or what you're supposed to do next or what you're supposed to be doing in a specific moment that you just can't relax. Um, you've probably heard that term where somebody can say, 
oh, so and so is you know they're a little green, and you can you can kind of tell by the the way they work. They're they're nervous or they're not comfortable. So I was like that for a really long time. Um, but the other thing that kind of I guess messed me up uh, mentally was that there's this idea of um, being your, yourself, right? The best gimmicks, they're just yourself turned up to 10 or whatever it is. So I was always thinking about that. And I think I took it too literally because um, when, when you, you're speaking to me right now or when you speak to me in person, like I'm not, I don't sound or behave like Psycho Mike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a pretty monotonous person. And if I crank that up to 10, like my actual personality it's still not that interesting. So I always thought, okay, well, I'm not an interesting person. Uh, I can't turn that up to 10 and because not interesting turned up to 10 is still not interesting. It's like multiplying by zero. That I, I tried to um, pick a character. Uh, I'm going to act. I'm going to pretend to be somebody else. And... Uh, I was doing things like, okay, I'm going to be a punk rocker, or I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, you know, paint my face, or I'm going to dress a certain way, and it, none of it was ever me, but I just thought it was more interesting than me. Um, and then there was this one point, it was for my first show at C4 Wrestling, and that would have been in 09, so I, I debuted in 07, so we're, we're looking at about two years later, where I was going through this process of finding myself. And it was in 09, it was a match with, uh, I was tagging with Josh Alexander, and we were against 2.0. And I remember we like, we did our entrance, and then 2.0 did their entrance. And they were supposed to be heels, but the crowd started, you know, cheering them. And then I remember they, they like, grabbed my, my jacket during their entrance at one point, and they gave it an elbow drop, and they got this huge pop. And I remember looking at Josh like, okay, well, this isn't good because we're supposed to be the good guys and they like these guys a whole lot more. And there's something in my head was just when, okay, well, this is my first match here. I have nothing to lose. I have to do something to get this audience to like me. And I, and I just remember like I was circling the ring and, and, uh, I was kind of like acting timid. And then right when the bell rang, I rolled out of the ring. I ran to their corner and I got their jacket. I threw it in the ring and I gave it a, a people's elbow. And then the, like the old DX cross chop. And I did all this, this stupid stuff. And then the crowd popped. And then that was like the inflection point for me where this was probably the first time in, a, in, in, in my wrestling career up to that point where I did something genuinely me. Like, I wasn't thinking. I just did it. And then, uh, like, like after that, that pop, you know, they, they sold it perfectly. We started doing all this, this, this funny stuff where I was chasing them with, with, with chairs, and we did, like, a, a thumb, wrestle, thumb wrestling uh, match in the middle of the ring, and we just started doing all this funny stuff on the fly, and it got over. And, and it was I, that was the inflection point for me where it was just, okay, well, I guess that's what it means to be myself turned up to 10 um, because I wasn't pretending to be anybody else there. I was just being me. And even though like I'm talking to you right now and I'm not 
acting like that, there are certain traits that I have. You can't see it right now, but I, like I'm moving my, my hands a lot as I speak to you. So that's a, it's a trait that I have. And if I turn that up to 10, as Psycho Mike, I'm, I'm, I move my hands a lot. It's just these, these characteristics that are naturally me, those are the things that I start cranking up. And that's what Psycho Mike really is, if that makes sense. Oh, and 100% makes sense. That was not a long-winded answer at all. I, I want to hear more. I was just going to be quiet and let you talk the whole episode. What are you talking about? It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. No, and I, I think I, I see that now as you describe it more. Like, first time seeing you in person uh, this past weekend at Crossbody was just incredible. And, and like I said, it's not easy to do what you guys do, to step in that ring. And you've been doing it for, like you said, you debuted in 07. We're talking 2019 now, going into 2020. Yeah, you're going on, <laughs> you're going on 12 years, going into your 13th year, and it's it's an impressive nonetheless because there's a lot to be said about the business, especially now, right now in the state that we're in in the business. There's a fluctuation happening. It's becoming very pop culture again, much like the Attitude Era, and it's becoming popular to the point where it's overpopular, much like it was in the Attitude Era time periods. You've got this whole budding possible Wednesday night war thing when it seems like nobody's warring at all. They're just wishing everybody the best of luck because everybody has a chance to make money. So in terms of yourself, being in the indie scene, being in wrestling as long as you have 13 years, it's a great career thus far and I know it's going to go further. Do you look at all the matches that you've had? Because I know you've had a few. Do you look at one that maybe stands out to you as your best body of work? One that you What's kind of in the look... box? Sorry? What's in the box? What's in the box against uh, Braxton Sutter? It would that was Super Showdown for Smash Wrestling. Um, I think that would have been 2017. Uh, and it's I I that that's that's a very special match to me um, because I think it is something that I didn't mean to cut off your your question, but I, I just I, I knew the answer right away. Um, but um, like that's the that's my definitive match that perfectly, in my opinion, perfectly illustrates what I want to do with pro wrestling and what I think the potential of pro wrestling has. Um, and, and just, not to get too philosophical, but I think wrestling is kind of put in a corner, put in a, there's, put in a bucket where there's only certain things that you, you can do that there's, I guess typical or conventional things that you can do that are that are accepted, um, and I and I think that one is a very good example of, I guess, kind of breaking that mold. Um, and I and I've had this feeling for a long time, um, where there's this, this this concept of, of of comedy wrestling, and it's almost used as a, as a pejorative. Uh, it's almost kind of like begrudgingly accepted um, where like you're gonna if you, if you were to book an eight match card you know a typical eight match card you would say we're gonna have a comedy match and that's you know your role on the show and it kind of puts it in the corner right where there's this this ceiling of, of, of what that match can be um, and I, I never believed that to be true that that I always felt that that there is, is potential with, with comedy to do something more 
And I, I don't even like the term comedy wrestling. It's just a wrestling match that has something in it that makes you smile or laugh. And there's several examples in, 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 in musicals, uh, you know, theater, movies, um, uh, like comedy. It's actually actual stand-up comedy where it, it, during the, the duration of it, you, you, you go through these, these multiple emotions where in, in the same piece of content, you can laugh and then you can cry. And that sounds cliche, but it, it's true, right? Um, but right now, it seems like in, in wrestling, it's, it's you're going to do the comedy thing. Well, that, that's this specific genre of match on this show uh, as if it can't do anything more. And with what's in the box, what we did is we had a funny match, a match that would make you, you, you smile and actually laugh out loud at points, but it also made you feel something beyond that where you, you, you could understand um, the, the story that was being told and the, the relationship between uh, Braxton and myself um, and, and then by the end of it, uh, we, we had an audience singing Bonnie Tyler with us as we, you know, we, you know, figuratively kissed and made up. And when we got to the back, I, there were, uh, I'm not going to name names, but there, there were some people that actually had tears in their eyes because of uh, what, what they had, had just seen. And that made me feel really good because... It wasn't something that was just, okay, well, here's your you know, popcorn match or here's your piss break or whatever it is. Here's something that's funny, that has that flavor, but it was so deeply engaging um, that, like to put it in perspective, that, that, that show, it started off with a, a chairs match between Tarek and Sebastian Slav. And, uh, you know, this brutal match, and then that finished, and there were match of the year chance. The second match was Tabernacle the team against uh, the Super Smash Brothers in a tables match, another brutal match. That finished. That got chance of match of the year. And then Braxton and I went out, and we had the what's in the box match. Um... And, like, how do you talk, you know, chairs? How do you talk tables? Well, we, I genuinely think we, 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 we talked it. And then by the end of our match, we had match of the year chance. And then that match did get voted uh, match of the year by Smash Wrestling uh, fans. And that, that will forever hold a special place in my heart, that one. Yeah, I was actually hoping. I'm glad you cut me off. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold today. You, uh, you actually... You, you cutting me off was great because I was hoping you were going to mention that match, and you did because it segued perfectly. See, this is flowing. Mike, we've got to do this more often. You and I, we're just gelling right now. We're in the room. But <clears throat> you mentioned the comedy wrestling, and I was just so excited when you did because that segued into my next question. I believe, like you, it's, it's put in a corner of the wrestling business, and much like to be cliche to use a line from Dirty Dancing, nobody puts baby in a corner because I feel like these matches are some of my most fondest matches, memorable matches that I've watched. And there are so many great wrestlers out there that are doing it. Yourself, Cody Diener, RJ City, uh, Joey Ryan, 
the list goes on and on. And these guys all do it in their own special way, which makes it very unique. You all do it very uniquely. And it is something to me that stands out. I always enjoy those matches when they're on the card because I know that's going to be a match that I can just really, really enjoy and be invested in, much like any match that I see on a card. But these are the matches, at least in my opinion, that hold even more special place. Like I look at all the fantastic matches that were on the card at Crossbody, but the one that sticks out to me the most is you and Cody Diener because it really was, to me, my favorite match of the night. There was a lot of great talent on that card. There's a lot of fantastic matches. We saw title changes, a new number one contender. We also saw storylines building going into year four. But your guys' match, there was just something about it. I can't really put my finger on it, but it really resonated with me because it was just something I smiled the whole time. And I think, to me, what was special about it and special about comedy wrestling is that it, it kind of brings back your inner child. It brings back those larger-than-life characters that seem to be invested in you. When two guys are in the ring killing each other with a table or a chair, they're invested in just brutalizing the other person and hoping to put on a good show for you. But I feel like when you guys put on your matches, you resonate more with the crowd and there's more fan interaction because you're being invested with us. Do you agree or disagree with me on that point? Um, yeah. So that one in particular... Like, if you're going to make this comparison, like, um, I'm trying to just think of an example. Like, you, you said, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, you're using tables or whatever, um, there's a certain visceral aspect to it where you're watching it, and then there's a, a, a realness to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and that's probably, I think that's the part... Of, for that style of match that that's that's engaging and and for a lot of other not not just hardcore matches but you know uh i guess i hesitate to use the word like conventional but um you know when you're seeing you know chops and slams and things like that there's a, there's a realness to it that that grabs your attention and i think what makes comedy wrestling um, good or um, like the good the good comedy wrestling stuff has that same element of realness to it where it's not like we're, we're pretending and, and you can't pretend to be funny you know what I mean that makes sense um, and in that case with, with Cody Cody like it, it's it's easy to watch that and then think, okay, that, you know, this is fluff or they're not taking it seriously if you, if you see it on the surface. But that match, in its own funny way, was, was real to us because there was actually a real story there um, where, yeah, you're right, it was a last-minute change to the card and it was a last-minute addition. And when we were talking about it, it was... Uh, Okay, so this is going to be our third match here, and you know the first one we did all this ridiculous stuff, and the second one we did this ridiculous stuff. You know what are we going to do in this one to, to top it, right? So we're sitting here trying to have this, uh, having this conversation where we're trying to brainstorm a concept to to drive this match, and then just we just kind of had this moment where it's okay. Well, what if the, the concept is that? we need to think of a concept 
for this match, but we can't think of one. And we literally go out there and use that, this, this real story, like this thing that's really happening to us right now, and we use that as the basis for the match. And that's, that's actually what happened. So, like, there's that element of, 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 of realness to it. It's just the realness in this case is just kind of this, you know, funny, humorous anecdote. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I 100% get everything you're yeah. saying, and I, I agree with everything you're saying. And, and I, I think you're right. I, I, I think when it's, it's got that realness to it, in, in any form, it's special. So in, yeah. in terms of your career, like I said, you've, you're going on your, your 13th year. Congratulations and kudos to you on that. It's an impressive career you've had thus far, and I don't ever want to see you stop. I can't wait to see you at the next show that I see you at. But is there anybody on the indie scene, because like I said, you've had a lot of matches. Is there anybody that you haven't been able to get in the ring with yet that you are just chomping at the bit and hoping that you can get in the ring and, and do something special with that particular you know guy or girl? Uh, it, it, that you really want to just, you know, get into a ring and, and work with? Is there someone that stands out to you right now? There's, there's, there's so many. Um, like, I, and I, I can list off some names, uh, like Sammy Callahan, somebody I've been wanting to work with for a while, Eddie Edwards, Timothy Thatcher, uh, Pete Dunne, um, There's, there's a lot, and you know, Joy, Joy Ryan's another one too. Uh, but you, you might, if, if if I were to keep going through the list, you, you'd probably probably be surprised how um, how many people I name that aren't, I guess, looked at as you know, funny or or comedy. Uh, I I, I, I I suspect when people were to, if they were to ask me that question they would expect me to you know say Joey Ryan or Orange Cassidy Kikataru you know people of that ilk but what I find interesting is um, taking somebody that that the, the, where the prototype of their character is, is is different than mine and and then seeing how these two characters. Uh, would, would interact, and I just find something very interesting and engaging about like if you were to see Psycho Mike versus Timothy Thatcher and a, a match graphic, you'd I I'd imagine somebody would look at that and then think, okay, well, what's this match going to be like? Like they have no idea what to expect. When, when it was Psycho Mike versus Orch Cassidy, they already kind of know what they're going to get into. Um, but like, I think an example of that was during SummerSlam week where it was Psycho Mike versus uh, Trent Seven. And it's not a pairing that seems intuitive at first, but you'd see it and go, okay, so I wonder what, what this match is going to be like. And that, that's another match that I... I that's another one that's one of my favorites. And what I really liked about it was it was kind of like Trent Seven coming into my world and then Psycho Mike coming into his world and and having creating these unique scenarios that only him and I, uh, it would only make sense for him and I to be behaving that way, and if that, uh, if that makes sense. So with 
somebody like like Timothy Thatcher or Pete Dunne, um, and you you know you're familiar with their uh, you know like aggressive style. Well, how would how would Psycho Mike respond to that aggressive style, or how would that aggressive style re- respond to how atypical uh, Psycho Mike can be? And just right out of the box, you get you kind of get this these advantages or these benefits, these shortcuts that make the pairing inherently interesting. Um, yeah, so that, I guess that, that would be my answer for that one. Uh, no, that's... I don't know if that right answers your question. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. Every answer has been uh, as engaging and as interesting as I knew it would be. So <laughs> thank you for that. No, I, I, I'm really enjoying this interview. I enjoy all of them. But I'm really enjoying this one because I, 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 we're, I think we're peeling back the layers. And that's what I, what I love so much about getting to talk with all, all the fantastic talent that I've been able to talk to. It's just the fact that you get to pull back the layers and really see what somebody's about. So my next question, because again, you're segueing so perfectly throughout this whole interview. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like we uh, <laughs> you know, spend like an hour beforehand prepping. and <laughs> Exactly. But you know what? That's what I love about my interview style is I'm very freewheeling. I never really prepare any question other than the standard one I ask at the beginning of every interview. And I just like to see where the, where the interview organically goes. So your career. Oh, before, before moving on, somebody sure. that actually I wanted to mention, uh, Sonny Kiss is somebody that I, uh, that I wanted to have a match with and I'm heartbroken that the, that AEW talent isn't, uh, isn't, um, at least it's, from what I heard, isn't aren't allowed working independent dates anymore. No, they cleared uh, up all their which, dates. Which means a match, yeah. yeah. Which means a match between Bunny and I would be, I guess, indefinitely postponed. You know, until my situation changes or uh, Sunny's does. Um, but that that one is, and I'm calling that one out specifically because I have. Uh, I guess very specific ideas that that I would I would like to do, that that I think would be interesting. Um, so that that's one that I I was on my wish list. Uh, it still is, but what was on my wish list for a long time. I have one. I, just, I wanted to call that one out. Yeah. Sorry. I have one thing to say to that one is uh, shut up and take my money. Uh, let's get yeah. you. Let's get you signed to AEW. Let's make it happen. Yeah. We got to do it. So <laughs> Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks. Chris Jericho, Tony Khan, if you're listening, sign this man so we can get Psycho Mike versus Sonny Kiss and we can get a best of seven series out of these guys. I think that would be absolutely epic. Epic right there. Uh, your career, like I said, it, it, you've wrestled so many places and you've had you know, so much experience. Is there a particular country or city that you love going to whenever you get the opportunity? I'm sure you love going to each and every city that you go to. But is there a particular city that when you go to, you know that crowd's going to give you that little extra something, whether it be right here in the GTA or if you go to the States or if you go further to like other provinces, is there a particular city or crowd that when you know you're going there, you're booked at that show, that gives you that extra adrenaline rush that you that you look for sometimes? Uh, right now, I, I think London uh, would be my answer for that one. Um, like at this specific moment, uh, because I've done a lot of, I guess my my riskier things there, um, and, and I felt comfortable doing it because of, uh, I guess how much goodwill they they, they give me. Um, 
it, it's funny because you know backstage uh you know sometimes you know if you if you were to meet me for the first time at a show you might you might think that i have uh, no self-confidence because um it, especially if it's, a, if it's a new audience or a new crowd where i'm always second guessing uh something that i an idea that i have or or, or something that, that i want to do um I think it might be a bit riskier, you know, it's possible that they, they won't get it or they won't understand, or I might, you know, it might not land and I look stupid. Uh, but with London, I, I've, I've felt that the, the rapport that I've built with the audience, you know, I don't, I never, I get, I never get that feeling because I always feel like they, um, you know, give me that benefit of the doubt or, you know, that there's a certain level of, of goodwill where they'll, uh, you know, trust me to eventually get there. Like that's where I first introduced the 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 um, the, the conscience, and that was that was one that I was a bit worried about at first, especially with how we started that match before before the conscience kicked in. But they were there with it the whole time. Um, I had another match with Cody Deaner there. For, uh, uh, on the that brace for impact show, one of the uh, the, the impacts Twitch streams, um, another one that we did with the conscience, but you know a bit more elaborate, and that that was another one that they were with us the whole way. So, oh, and then the last the last show that we did there, we were doing this. I started doing this silly thing where I I, I don't know if you if, if you've seen any of it. That's where the story with Smash right now is that I won this magic lamp, and that I yes, make I these innocuous yes. yeah, and I make these innocuous wishes, and they come true. But I'm so naive to the fact, and this is the first time that I tried doing it or using it in a match, and you know, I I was a bit worried going in, but they were they were with it the whole time. So 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 London, I'd say, um, more recently. Or sorry, not as recently. Um, Phoenix was 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 that place for sure as well, and that's where the What's in the Box match was. And I think if I were to, to go even longer term, uh, Ottawa or the uh, Gatineau, that area, um, when I was uh, doing uh, shows for C4, that that's one I miss a lot too. Is the, is the Ottawa crowd? Nice. No, I, I, again, another solid answer. Mike, you're like six for six right now. You're killing it. You're on fire. You're on fire. So one interesting point that I, I guess I have to touch on because we're, I guess we're, we're organically going where it goes. You mentioned a couple of times now that you sometimes you're in your head and you're in your head. It seems like, you know, quite a bit second guessing yourself confidence level. I want to tell you from somebody who's loved this business since I was knee high to a spit, probably since before I even came, came out is uh, I'm a huge fan. I, I support and love the business in its good times and its bad times. And lately, with certain branding and certain companies, not to name anybody, there have been some head scratchers and some very frustrating points to be a fan. But all in all, wrestling has given me so much. And I, I love the fact that I'm able to give back to it with my, with my podcast, which is growing every day. And it's because I'm getting great talent like yourself to be on the show. But do you find that, you know, not just you, this is kind of an open-ended question, do you find a lot of the times that there are a lot of wrestlers that are in their own heads, that they're overly critical? I mean, I guess they all are in an essence because they want everything to be so perfect. But do you find that sometimes 
you guys are more overly critic critical of yourselves like all the time even if you're not in the ring even if you're not in character do you find yourself in your head a lot more than you think you should be uh, I, I think I'm the one that, that, that is guilty of that. Um, I don't really notice it too much. I can't think of anybody offhand that I, I would say is similar in that regard. But it's usually, it's definitely usually me. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's strange because it, it's, there's, there's specific things, I guess, where, you know, if we screw up a move or a spot or something, like, that doesn't, that's not the stuff that, that gets me, um, which may, which I guess is typically the, what would get somebody else down, where, I don't know, their drop kick didn't look great or something, and then maybe after the match, ah, you know, I should have, uh, could have got, you know, better height on it or whatever. Um, that's not the stuff that gets me. It, it's always character stuff or, or, or or, or, you know, like a facial expression or ring positioning or timing on something or, you know, it, and, and then for me being, it's, it's always predicated on whether the crowd reacted the way I wanted them to react at a certain point. Um, and that, that's when I, I guess, feel like I, I, I failed at a certain point. Um, so I think that's what makes me different than most others. Uh, but I'm also extremely picky and, uh, I think that sometimes makes me a bit, not maybe the most pleasant person <laughs> to work with because after the match I might, you know, like 99% of it could have gone great, but if there was this one part, you know, I'd be like, you know, down on it. Uh, and that, that's something I'm always trying to be cognizant of because um, I'm a big believer that if, if, if I'm not enjoying it and my opponent's not enjoying it, that there's no way that the, the, the audience is, is going to enjoy it. And that's, a big, that's an important part for me where that the, the process uh, to make that finishing product has to be enjoyable for the, the both of us. Um, and I need to extend that to, you know, even after the match when it, you know, when you're looking at everything and, and in hindsight, um, that I, I, I need to, I have to keep telling myself that I, I got to keep that, that, that mood up because I don't want to bring the other person down. I want them. I always say that if you're not hurt and you had fun, that's a good day at the office. It doesn't matter. Like the match could be complete shit. If you're not hurt and you had fun. Like you're gonna, you know, drive home. And you're gonna be smiling. Um, that's a, that's important to me. Uh, but you know, with with people that I'm 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 closer to, <laughs> I yeah I, I I probably annoy some of my closer friends with how uh, I don't know what the word is um, like 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 how picky I can be about stuff or how overly how, critical. Uh, yeah, overly critical. Yeah, but more often than not, about about myself. Like I'm not, I'm not that person that's ah, this guy's shit the bed or whatever. <laughs> it's always uh, something that I did. Um, but yeah, 
No, I think you I think you you answered exactly perfectly the way I wanted you to answer. It was very honest. This whole interview has been very honest and all I could say it was an absolute pleasure again to have you on the show. And right before we wrap it up because I do have one more question. Right before we wrap it up, I do want to take this time to officially let you know, sir, you are now a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my number, yeah. I have yours. Anytime you want to come back on the show, or anytime we see each other at a show, I usually always bring my equipment with me just in case. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to get on it on the show again, I would absolutely love to have you. That's, that sounds great. Thank you. All right. And my one, my last final question. Uh, by the time this episode drops, it'll be mid-November because I'm trying to get as uh, you know a few in the can so I can get to December and take the month off and enjoy some much-needed time with my two wonderful daughters and my beautiful wife, who I'm blessed to have in my life every day. But what are your 2020 goals? What's the next step for Cycle Mike? What are we striving for next year? Uh, well, I wouldn't say next year. I'd say I, I never like to, to, to think about, okay, I'm going to start trying to do something, you know, at uh, like an arbitrary point in the future. So by next year, I'm going to say like starting like, tomorrow <laughs> um always try to get started on something as soon as possible um but for for me i would it would be uh um i would like to go to the, the uk um progress in particular is a, is a big one of mine um i'd like to do another tour with ddt and I guess like the big one would be uh, AEW. I think that's the that's the the, the big one for me um, as as I guess the the end game. And if you asked me a year ago, that that you know wouldn't have been my answer. The answer it was always for the longest time, you know NXT or, or, or WWE. Um, but just seeing. What, what AEW has, has, has done so, so quickly in such a short time and then seeing like the, the talent that they currently have on their on their shows and on their roster and it's just, it's this weird thing where I'm, I'm, I'm watching it happen and these are these are people that I've, I've worked with uh, that I could would consider friends or, or peers and whereas with you know WWE and NXT, it was always kind of when you when you talk about um, you know living your dream or whatever, that word dream it's this it's this thing that you have in your mind that 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 you desire. And then I, I'm watching AEW, and it is less of a dream and more of a something that seems absolutely realistic and obtainable. If that makes sense, and. It, I think it's a place that I, w- I would feel creatively comfortable in because there's, it, it, and this is just my, you know, my observation, my interpretation of it, where sure there's this, there's this, this high production value and there's a certain level of polish with it, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like it's lost that level of intimacy. Whereas, you know, you know, Raw and SmackDown, whether they're at a certain level of polish, where it, I don't, I don't feel that same level of intimacy with it because it's more, I guess, produced. 
Whereas there's something about the, the, the show where it, it seems like a place where if I wanted to try a quirky idea or do these kind of riskier things that I'm currently doing on independent shows where I got, you know, full control over what I, what I can do, it, it seems more like it would be more acceptable or more ad- adaptable to, to that environment and that product. So that, that's, that, that, yeah, I think that's the big one for me. Where if, if that were to happen, I think I think I could, uh, you know, when this is all said and done, be one hundred percent happy with with what I've done in wrestling. Oh, I I think you're one hundred percent right, and I, and I see AEW as a definite obtainable goal for you, and I can't wait to see you on my TV screen one day, uh, full time <laughs> every week, so I can snap selfies with you and say, hey, hey, he was on my show. He was on my show. He was on my podcast. I got him before he hit AEW. <laughs> so, Mike, again, absolute pleasure talking with you, sir. You are a fantastic talent. This was a, a fantastic interview. And I just, I can't thank you enough. I really cannot thank you enough for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So you take care. You enjoy the rest of your night. And like I said, you are officially now a member of Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back, the door is open for you. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, guys, what can I say? That was another one in the cans, and that was engaging, uh, uh, fantastic conversations, great answers, great guy, great character, great everything. Psycho Mike, uh, he's all over social media, so check him out. I know the one he does check more often than not is Twitter, which is at I am Psycho Mike. He's fantastic. If you haven't checked him out, haven't heard of him, get on that. There are clips available on YouTube. There's all kinds of great stuff. Uh, You can see the match with Cody Diener on the Crossbody Pro Academy uh, wrestling page on YouTube. Uh, that should be up very shortly. And what can I say? As always, this is your host, Living the Dream, talking wrestling with some of the best wrestlers to do it, hands down, in my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my stamp. You guys keep tuning in, so I must be doing something right. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.